so much of Nard's story is going to be compatible with what I'm able to speak with you today about when it comes to the life of a man by the name of Joseph. Um, yes, uh, next week I'll be able to, uh, to tackle Mary, um, but today is Joseph. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump to the chase here about why it's so impactful and so important in terms of what God was doing and how he was doing it. Um, Joseph was someone who was willing to allow God to use him, even though what God was wanting to use him for, it was simply not in his cards. It wasn't something that he had said, you know what, this is what I want to do for a living. This is how I'm planning out life, right? Some of us, we love to do that. We already know by the age of eight where we want to go to college. And then after college, we know we've already determined, well, I want to, I want to have this kind of job and I want to make sure that I live in this type of area and I'm going to have this many kids and I want to have this. And we make our own plans. In fact, a lot of times making our own plans causes us to become frustrated and even angry at God when they don't happen. And yet when we say yes to Jesus Christ, he's going, well, now your plans are my plans. Isn't that amazing? It's fascinating how that works. Hey, these are my plans. This is what I want to see happen. And it can cause hostility that we have toward God because we want four kids. And he only gives us two kids because he knows that later on we're going to adopt 18, right? And those types of things end up happening. And we do it to ourselves. It's not God's problem. It's our problem for making our own plans rather than surrendering and sacrificing to the will of the Almighty Father. Well, that, I think, in many ways was Joseph. When, when I look at the life of Joseph, okay, let me even go back. I'll give you some, some core facts that you've got to understand about him, okay? So we, we really learn about Joseph, and we're going to be looking at the first chapter of Matthew. Matthew is being written to a Jewish community. A very simple way to understand the Jewish community is this. Right? Each, and I've gone through this numerous times, but each gospel is written to a different community, really. And, and Matthew is being written primarily to the Jew. And Jews were known to, to understand their relationship with God by what they did, rather than by who they were. Right? They, they, were going, they were going to do things a particular way. Right? This is how we function. This is how we operate. And so that was the Jewish community. And so here we find that in Matthew chapter 1. And we also find in Matthew chapter 1 um, the genealogy. Um, the genealogy is important, important because it's letting us know that Jesus was related to Abraham. That's important. Jesus, Abraham. Incredibly important for us to recognize. Why? Because the point of the lineage is all about the legitimacy of Jesus. The point of the, the, the lineage is all about the legitimacy of Jesus as Messiah. So it is important that we understand the significance of that. It's letting us know that, wait, he is. It was letting the Jewish person know, because remember, it's written to the Jew. They had to take everything back to the lineage, to the, um, to the genealogy of everything that was there. And if it didn't match up, it wouldn't matter to them. Well, now Matthew begins, hey, he knows he's writing to a bunch of Jewish people. They need to know the legitimacy of Jesus. So he proves the relationship with Joseph to Abraham. And as a result, he is able to communicate that Jesus is the fulfillment. He is Messiah. So these things are happening. Enter Joseph. Um, two Josephs in the Bible that really we need to pay attention to. Interesting correlation. You have Joseph of the Old Testament, right? You have Joseph of the New Testament. Joseph of the Old Testament, um, you primarily look 
If you don't know, go read it later on. Uh, Genesis 37 through Genesis 50, and you find the majority of the story there. But Joseph is somebody in the Old Testament that heard from God in dreams. Well, the Joseph of the New Testament is about to do the same thing. Joseph of Genesis in the Old Testament heard from God in dreams, and God used Joseph to save the people of Israel during a famine. That's Genesis 37 through 50. A few more details, but. Then you have Joseph in the New Testament, who ends up being the stepfather, really, of the Son of God, who was to free all people and to save all people because of what he was able to do. And so it takes us to Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. Will you please stand for the reading of the word of God? And when you hear Nard say it's taken 66 years for his people to have the word of God in their hand, you will know why we often stand in honor of the reading of the word of God. And this is what it says. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, who? Being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not to take Mary as your wife. For that which was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, you may be seated. This is the word of God. So I'm going to walk through this amazing story with Joseph, and I'm going to give you three words that I think help us understand who Joseph was. Hopefully at the end of the message today, and even as you walk through the week um, in the coming days, that you're going to be challenged by, am I living out these three words as well? Do you have a better understanding of what they are? So I'm going to give you the three words. Scribble them down if you would. I'm going to give them to you. Ready? It's very, very simple. Character, faith, and influence. Those are the three words. And I'm going to walk through these, and you're going to see a man of character, a man of faith, and then you're also going to see a man of influence, character, faith, and influence, as we walk through the life of Joseph. Because Joseph, we do learn very quickly, he was a righteous man, engaged to a young woman, right, Mary, and then he hears some pretty shocking news, right? Mary is pregnant. And it is shocking news. You can imagine how you would respond in that situation if you knew that you are a righteous man, that you live by the law. When it tells us in this passage, right into Jewish people, right, that he's righteous, one of the things that that primarily is focusing on, that he was obedient to the law. There are all these laws. He wanted to make sure he did things the right way. He tried to live a life in, in a certain manner. And so it's, when it's saying that he's righteous, it's letting us know that he's doing everything he should and he's not doing the things that he shouldn't do. 
So when he hears that his fiance, the one he's engaged to, is pregnant, he knows that means it's not mine. And so you immediately start to think about how you would respond to something of that very nature. And so this is a dilemma for Joseph. How does he really need to respond to this? He's obviously not the father of the child, being a righteous man. But he's also generally concerned about making sure that he lives according to the law. Which means, by the way, he could have done a couple of things. He could have condemned her as an adulteress, um, and that means that she could have been stoned. And he could have done that according to the law. That's why we also communicate here at Chapel Point, something being legal doesn't make it biblical. Doesn't make it godly. So he could have done that. He also, though, he could have just lied and claimed to be the father, which would have protected the reputations of all, but it would have killed the qualifications of Jesus Christ being Messiah. So what do you, what do, you do in that situation? How, how do you walk through all of that, right? And I, I imagine, think about the emotions he must have had. Like in that moment, hey, my fiance is engaged. Um, I want to be righteous, live by the law, which means I could just condemn her. And all of these different emotions come into play. I would have had a bit of anger, maybe a little bit, yes. Uh, maybe some sadness, but the sadness probably likely for me would have come after the anger. Um, just hurt, disappointment. I mean, I would have been confused. What's going on here? Well, here's Joseph. And Joseph is called to travel a road that he likely would not have chosen. This goes to the conversation I was having about Nard earlier. When he was a little boy and he's there in the northern part, the main island of the Philippines, I am certain, and he will tell you, that he did not... Uh, grow up going, you know what, I'm going to travel all over the world and deliver the word of God because he didn't even know what the word of God was. Joseph had made plans. Joseph was, he was ready to act upon those plans and now all of a sudden everything is being turned upside down and yet he was still choosing to live in righteousness. Now here's the lesson we have to learn in that. We must not allow being called to something other than what we desire to keep us from living as Christ intends. I'm going to say this again because this is important for us. It's what I was previously commenting on. There are so many people today that because God's plans are not our plans, because we've already made our plans and then God does something different, we get so upset that it removes us then from being used by God in the way that God intends. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of people, when you get to be a um, certain age, I even look at my life, there is no way I would have told you, even a decade ago, I will live in Michigan. And now I can't imagine anything but. There's no way, if I go back 10 years, I would, there's no way I could have imagined that I would have lived in the Northeast for a while, whatever it is. You look at it and you go, man, but have we so predetermined how we want to be used by God that it keeps us from God, it keeps us from understanding what God is really wanting to happen in our life? I think about our very own Nathan Potter when it was only a few months ago, I looked at him in the Philippines and said, where's your heart really? And he had never contemplated the fact that he should really move there. And now he and his family, hey, I bought his basement furniture yesterday. So all of you people on Facebook Marketplace, get off. <laughs> I'm like, they're offering more than you. I'm like, I had first dibs. Don't jack up the price on your pastor. <laughs> right? Nobody would have predicted what was to come. 
And it's no different for you. It's no different for me. It certainly wasn't different for Joseph. He was called to travel a road he never would have chosen. But we must not allow being called to something other than what we have previously desired to keep us from living as Christ intends. So there he is. He has a dream. An angel tells him that he's going to marry Mary and to raise the child as his own. Remarkable to think about. The Lord appears to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't fear. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. It's no big thing. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So it's as though God is calling out to us. Guys, don't, don't, don't fear. I know what I'm asking you to do is, is, is maybe hard for you, but don't worry about it. For me, it's, listen, it's of God, so it's no big deal for me. So why don't you just embrace the very thing that God is calling you to rather than resisting it? Why don't you stop making your plans and start obeying my call? So he has this dream, and then we see the Lord speaking to him. And he's con- he was already contemplating. It tells us in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1 that he was already contemplating, considering all of these things. And yet here comes the angel, the Lord, or God himself, and speaks to him in a dream and speaks that she will bear a son. You're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to save the, his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Joseph wakes up, the Bible tells us in verse 24, and it says that he did just as the angel from God commanded. He was obedient. That, this is a man of character, right? And not only is it a man of character, but it's a man of faith. One of the ways that we understand character, and I think even faith, is our willingness to embrace the call of God even when it's not within our own previously designed plans. I would challenge you, are you only obedient to God when it lines up with what you've already planned? But God, this is what I want to see happen, and this is how I want to see things go. And so as long as it's in line with what you've already planned, you're like, God, I'm all in. God is so good. Look at it. So, and we say the right things. But faith comes when you're willing to go along with what God has called you to, even when it makes you uncomfortable. You don't think Joseph was uncomfortable? You don't think Joseph was like, oh, boy. Listen, Joseph is a man who was willing to be humiliated by the people around him. That's what would have come from his response. His friends would have expected him to give Mary over to be stoned. His friends would have expected him to walk away from her, to abandon her, and he didn't. And you know there must have been mocking and people condemning him for that very thing. But he was willing to be humiliated because being obedient to God was greater than what anybody else could do to him. 
right? And it, it forces us to process this differently. The posture of wanting to be godly, and this is big for us, the posture of wanting to be godly was preparation for Joseph to hear and respond to God. He had a posture of desiring to be righteous. He had a posture that was willing and able to hear from God. Some people are like, I just need to hear from God. I'm like, well, have you, how much time do you spend in the word of God and in prayer? Well, I mean, it's just hard to find the time. I'm going to stop expecting to hear from him. The older I get, the less sensitivity I have to that. I'm like, listen, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's kind of like saying, I don't have a good relationship with my wife. When's the last time you took her on the date? Well, we don't have much time. Well, then shut up. I mean, at some point you just sound ignorant. But Joseph had a posture that was able to hear from God and then to actually respond to God. Confirmation from the Lord came as a posture of wanting to please God. And I compared this to Zechariah last week, right? Who heard from God and he's like, what? And so he didn't speak for months until the baby was born, John the Baptist. He was the father of if he weren't here. And yet we know that Gabriel came to Zechariah and spoke these very words. Well, now in a dream, Joseph is hearing and he woke up and it says, well, he just did everything that God commanded. Okay, I'm in. Which one are you more similar to? Are you going to wake up from the dream and be more of a Zechariah and be like, you know, if you heard from the angel Lord saying, hey, I you got to give me some, give me some more details for me to step into this maybe. Or are you more like Joseph and you wake up from a dream and you know, God told you something. You're like, I'm in, this is going to be an interesting ride. We're going to see where this lands. Do you typically respond with questions like Zechariah or obedience like Joseph? He was a man of character, a man of faith. Like, I, I just process this and go, I, I, are we being that? Are we being people of godly character? And are we abounding in faith? Because then he had huge influence. Think about the relationship that he had with Jesus. If someone is like this, uh, he influenced Christ, the son of God. Yes, he was a carpenter, which likely we know meant stonework because there's not much wood over there. And that is a trade that would be passed on from generation to generation. But I'll tell you, the very thing that was most impressive that he was able to pass down is, I think, his character. I'm not saying that Christ would not have character otherwise, but man, what an influence for him to have on the Son of Man. Are we living with such character? Are we living with such faith? Are we living in a way that it's influencing others to do the same? It forces you to ask yourself, how are you influencing those around you? Are you influencing them because of your character, because of the depth of your faith, your willingness to do the very thing that doesn't even make sense to them? But you know that you have heard from God that you want to be obedient to God and you want to surrender to God and you want to step fully into what he's called you to. And so many of us keep watching from the sidelines. 
Can you imagine if Joseph, after having this dream, would have said, you know, I'm just going to leave that to somebody else. I want to let somebody else listen to God in that way, and I'll see how that goes. And if it goes well enough for them, maybe I'll, I'll step into that process. Even for Joseph, things didn't suddenly fall into place, guys. Like, it wasn't easy road once he said, okay, I'm in. Right? Due to a census, and Joseph had to travel to Bethlehem during the ninth, ninth month of her pregnancy later on because of Herod wanting to kill Jesus. He had to take the, his family to Egypt and then go back. Like, these aren't small things. It didn't mean that everything would be easy, but it was God honoring. Joseph's faith, Joseph's obedience, Joseph's character, his influence, it didn't mean that things got easier, but it meant that he knew that he was doing it with a purpose to give glory and honor to the Almighty. It tells us while he thought about these things, he contemplated all these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not fear taking Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Is God speaking into your life to share with the neighbor to sacrifice freely, to give up boldly, to be willing to move wherever God he, God instructs is God through Holy Spirit conceiving that within you, leading you and guiding you. And are you willing to be obedient? Do not be afraid. Do not fear, he says. And I can imagine right now, and I need you to hear right now, that the Lord, I, pro- I think he's probably asking some of you to do something pretty radical. And he's saying, don't fear. I can do what you can't do. Do not fear. I'm more powerful than you know. Do not fear. I don't function by the ways of the world. I function by the ways of God. Do not fear. Just live by faith. Because that's the call and that's the joy that is set before us. And so God, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus and I'm asking that you would truly cause us to to look at the story of of Nard and, and to also look at the story of Joseph and ask ourselves if we're willing to embrace the fullness of what you have called us to. To fully embrace what it is to be a man or a woman, a child of faith. We love you, God. Amen.